Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Ron Jorlock, and I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, I'm joined by Dr. David Dockery and uh, Lauren McAfee uh, to discuss a new book which they edited entitled Created in the Image of God, Applications and Implications for Our Cultural Confusion. Dr. Dockery uh, serves as president in Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, which is actually my alma mater. That's where I uh, got my master's degree. Uh, He also serves there as distinguished professor of theology, as editor of the Southwestern Journal of Theology. Uh, he's the director of the Dockery Center for Global Evangelical Theology. That you you do a lot of things, Doctor Dockery, and uh, <laughs> and so uh, we are grateful for your service uh, to the churches and and uh, especially to the convention. And uh, Lauren is the founder and visionary of a wonderful ministry uh, called Stand for Life. And they together edited uh, this book, uh, Created in the Image of God, Applications and Implications for Our Cultural Confusion. Friends, thanks so much for coming to the podcast to discuss this book. Thanks Thank for having us. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's jump right in. We've got some questions that we wanted to ask, and uh, uh, really regarding just this this subject on the image of God and man and what it means for us as humans to be created in the image of God. Let's let's start off first by defining some terms, uh, and either one can answer, or both of you can answer. Uh, what do we mean by the image of God? What what does that even mean? Let me uh, see if I can begin, and let me say, first of all, thanks again for allowing us to be a part of this. Uh, This book grew out of a a project that uh, Lauren envisioned. Uh, She wanted to host a conference on uh, the image of God, which uh, we were able to do in partnership with the International Alliance for Christian Education, a conference that was held on the Southwestern uh, campus in the spring of 2022. And out of that conference came this uh, book. And so I want to make sure that Lauren gets credit for uh, initiating this entire project. She kind of envisioned it into being. But as we think about the image of God, you know, it's it's a very important concept that appears very early on in the biblical revelation. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, uh, we reach kind of the zenith of uh, the, the creation narrative after God has created the heavens and the earth, and he has formed and filled uh, the earth over uh, several days, and now he creates man and woman in his image. Uh, And so it it is out of that important biblical text that we get this idea that uh, humans are created in the image and likeness of God, which gives us rationality, morality, spirituality, personality. It's a broad concept that includes both being and relation. And we have to understand it, I think, in that full 
uh, context. There's no not a part of us that is the image of God. It's not like here's our arm and here's our leg and here's the image of God. It's that all of us individually and corporately as the human race are created in the uh, image of God. And it's what allows us to have relationship with God, uh, with others, uh, with ourselves, and with God's world. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a concept that is full and serves uh, really as the background for the rest of the biblical revelation. Uh, even though you only see those terms again rather infrequently in Genesis chapter 9, James chapter 3, some other places. But when Jesus Christ comes, you know, when he is the in God incarnate, then he is the full embodiment and picture uh, mm -hmm. for us to see of the image of God untainted uh, by sin. And so it, it, is a, it is a concept that, that is important for us to grasp, even though it has been largely neglected uh, in the history of the church. That's, that's a wonderful uh, introduction and, and, and really explanation of what, what the, the term means. Um, obviously, when we think through the scriptures, uh, we realize that uh, as foundational as the image of God is uh, for us as humans, there's also the reality of our depravity. Uh, we are sinners, and we live in a sinful world. Uh, and, and, and so how, how do those work together? Like, how, how do those interact with each other? Uh, can the image of God be lost? Um, you know, is there is there somebody because of sin or because of effects of the curse, say disabilities or being sinned against, you know, or things like that? Uh, can can the image of God be damaged uh, in us or 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 even even ruined in us and so on? How how do these how do these realities uh, interact with each other? I'll let Lauren start this one, and then I might come okay. add a word. Okay. And one of the beautiful things about this image barrenness is that it is not something that can be taken away. Mm -hmm. And we do live in a reality of a post-fall world where um, the, the, the way we interact with others will be affected by sin, but we have not lost the value and the dignity that is given to us as image bearers. So regardless of um, what our life circumstances look like, where we were born, um, what color our skin is, what our uh, mental capacities are, nothing determines or takes away the dignity that is given human beings as an image bearer of God, the creator of all things. So that's that's a beautiful gift that I believe Genesis gives to the world in, in shaping this worldview um, for the dignity of all human beings that, uh, like I said earlier, though, is going to be affected by sin. So we see this broken down all the time in our world where people are not given their true dignity that they should be um, shown as an image bearer. And that is because of the fall and because we live in this world where there's uh, sin and depravity. And so we also have to work that out for ourselves in terms of seeing our identity in terms of who we are as image bearers instead of how the world might see us or treat us. And um, that can give us so much um, peace and joy and there's beauty in that identity that, again, as humans, we have innate in who we are. So I think, you know, it's, it always is going to be a challenge to um, go back to that identity, that image barrenness because of the fall, but it is not taken away because of sin. Hmm. 
Yeah, I think that's a wonderful answer. And I think that uh, John Kilner, in one of the opening chapters of our book, uh, goes into great detail about this uh, to make sure that we don't misunderstand the uh, influence of sin. I mean, so that we, we, we must recognize that uh, sin has had an effect, has an ongoing effect, and it's not just that uh, our relationship with God has been affected by uh, sin, but our relationship with others, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with God's creation, uh, even the creation itself uh, bears the effects of, of sin, and therefore it groans, longing for uh, redemption, according to Paul in, in Romans chapter 8. But uh, John Kilner, in, in his chapter, stresses the fact that, that even though we can use words like the image of God is uh, tainted or, or marred or some way because of sin, it does not affect uh, the, the dignity of humanity. And especially he, he urges us to be cautious in how we, we talk about that, uh, particularly um, in conversations uh, about with racial reconciliation or conversations about disabilities uh, to, to, to make sure that, that that kind of language is not misunderstood. So I think we have to be very careful while not shying away from the sinfulness of sin and its uh, radical effects upon uh, creation, upon humanity. Uh, it, it does require caution and clarity uh, when, when we talk about these things. Hmm. You know, I'm reminded of uh, Genesis 9. So a lot of times we talk about the image of God, we go to Genesis 1, understandably, because uh, that's where the, the concept is introduced. And it's there where uh, the Lord says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and, and let them rule over the birds of the air, fish of the sea, beasts of the field, and so forth. But uh, what's really interesting to this point is Genesis 9. So after the fall, after uh, the flood, uh, in, you know, starting in Genesis 6 and going all the way through, now you know the you know the the world has been uh, destroyed you know with the waters. Uh, one family is left on earth. You know this kind of uh, post-apocalyptic you know scene as they're coming off of the ark and and all of this. And and the Lord says to them, uh, "Whoever sheds the blood of man, this is verse six. By man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in His own image." And so the fall is 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 already a given here. They just came out of the flood. Uh, you know, the sinfulness of man is already there. You know, it wasn't there in Genesis 1, but it's here in Genesis 9. And even in the midst of sin and the midst of destruction and the wrath of God and all of these different things, God still establishes uh, and, and really reestablishes the dignity of all human life uh, with, uh, with, with his, uh, you know, the, the reiteration that he has given his image uh, to, uh, to us to bear. And so, yeah, so even in there, you know, we, we could go to Genesis 1, uh, but in Genesis 1, we haven't fallen yet. Genesis 9, oh, we've so fallen. <laughs> we've, we have completely fallen uh, in, in Genesis 9, and, uh, and yet there's still uh, the reiteration, you bear my image, and that's why your life matters. Yeah, and that's, again, I think a beautiful thing is that we do see this in Scripture and um, um, just consistently without saying the value of life and in the way that 
of life is treated. And um, what a gift, right, to the world that we do have this truth that should not influence how we view ourselves, but influence how we interact with everyone else and should, um, of course, influence how we interact with um, our in our churches and our and our communities is in a way that is such a beautiful gift and thing that we can offer um, as as a witness to the beauty of God's word. Hmm. Now, Lauren, you you used some words there. You used uh, everyone, and 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 you know terms like that. All everyone. Um, we understand in our world, uh, especially in our in our American culture. We can be kind of a la carte when it comes to uh, the dignity of people. Uh, you know, we, we see certain groups as, as dignified and worthy of our respect, worthy of our, of our care. And then there are others that we can very easily dismiss. And, and I'm sure that's not unique to American culture, but, but, you know, we're in it. And so, you know, we see it uh, perhaps a little more clearly in, in our culture. How, how does the image of God um, not just dignify all all people, but how do we maintain that mindset? You know, wh- why is the image of God so foundational uh, to the dignity of every human being? I think that's an excellent point to bring up because you're right. We can um, kind of cherry pick how we want to apply that and to what groups of people. And I think that in our fallen nature, we of course are going to have ways that we read scripture and then believe it, but then interpret it and how we live it out. And and it may not always line up. And so for me as a believer, I'm always um, having to check my own life and, okay, I say these things, am I living it out in the same way that I say I believe it? And so whenever we come to this understanding of the image bearer um, and, and how we apply that, it is it, it is to be holistically applied. So I, um, I, I founded Stand for Life, which is a pro-life organization. We seek to help the church be more engaged on issues relating to the pro-life um, issue. And one of the things that we've tried to do is to continually remind people that we interact with is that we want to do this in a holistic way. So we do, as a pro-life organization, not only care about the life in the womb, that is absolutely important, and that life is, again, an image bearer. But we also care about the woman who is facing that unplanned pregnancy. We care about the father, if he is in the picture and he's not in the picture and what that looks like. And so whenever we're engaging with this particular issue, for example, we want to look holistically at every person that's involved and treat each of them with the dignity that they should be um, owed because they are an image bearer. And seeing that woman and the circumstances she's facing and the realities of the challenges and not belittle her challenges, but also come alongside her and say, hey, we value you as a person and we want to care about you as a person. Um, and this needs to be, you know, applied in all of these issues related to dignity. So there are so many issues in our society today that are um, significant issues affecting culture. So you think about immigration and refugee conversations, racial reconciliation conversations, the, of course, the pro-life abortion issue, uh, many others that are conversations happening in in our communities, in our country today, that we, we have to remember even in having a dialogue with someone that might disagree with us on that, even then, understanding, hey, the person I am disagreeing with is an image bearer, and so I have to treat them 
as I would treat anyone that I'm looking at and seeing, okay, they are creating gut image. And so that also means engaging in these tough conversations um, and fighting for the dignity of others in a way that is respectful um, and caring for the dignity of others. And that can be a real challenge. And I, I know that obviously in our society, we have seen a lot of um, ways that the dignity of all people has not been upheld holistically. Hmm. And I do hope that this book, um, Create an Image of God, will help people to think about the implications of this image of God concept. So in a way that'll help kind of apply it maybe into new areas of their worldview that they hadn't thought before and, and really just have a holistic view. Yeah, yeah. So what are some... Um alternative frameworks? Because, of course, we live in a world where the God who has uh, embedded us with, with, this, with his image um, isn't worshipped <laughs> by everybody. Um, you know, so there are others who have uh, other gods. There are others who have other frameworks and so on. What are, what are some of those frameworks, and how have those frameworks kind of played a, a role in, uh, in our culture and how we understand uh, humanity. Yeah, I think that um, Paul addresses this in Romans chapter 1, mm. uh, particularly beginning verses 18 through the end of the chapter. Um, he basically says that while we have been uh, created in the image of God, and because of that we recognize God's natural uh through through nature, we recognize his natural revelation mm -hmm. uh, and recognize his omnipotence, and he he is the creator. We've nevertheless twisted that and turned it upside down, mm -hmm. uh, and chosen um, made made choices contrary to God's design for humanity, um, and, and therefore what He designs for us in choosing life in. Uh, respecting others, in treating others as our neighbor so that we love our neighbor as ourself, uh, in un understanding that God has created men and women, uh, and both are equal image bearers, mm -hmm. and that there is a distinction between maleness and femaleness, and that he has designed one for the other in a complementarian uh, complementary way and designed for covenantal heterosexual uh, marriage. Paul goes through all of those things in Romans chapter 1 and basically says even down to how we treat our parents, uh, we've turned it all upside down uh, and therefore it, it shows how the, the, the effects of sin and how we have misunderstood God's design to the world. And so to understand God's design and desire, we have to go back to a clear understanding of what it means to be created in the image of God, uh, to be created as those who've been given responsibility as caretakers for this earth. And that's the reason going back to Genesis chapter one is so important and it serves as a clear contrast to the picture we see in Romans chapter one. Yeah, and I think that there are a lot of ways that plays out in our culture today. Certainly, there has been influence of kind of social Darwinism and survival of the fittest mm -hmm. ideas of mm -hmm. where 
not all people have equal value and it's just, you know, if you're stronger, then you have more value and you're going to survive. But certainly I think one that is pervasive in our culture today is um, a worldview of expressive individualism as mm -hmm. defined by Charles Taylor and others. Um, kind of just this view that our identity is to be found by looking internally and finding our identity of who we are and then expressing that is the ultimate um, way of, of kind of finding happiness and fulfillment. And again, that's looking to the self for identity and validation instead of to what has been given to us by God. And ultimately will, again, not be fulfilling because um, we can never look inside of ourselves and find true um, happiness and joy and fulfillment. Um, that can only be found by looking to God. And it also has ramifications for how you'll be treating others, because if you're having to look inside of yourself to find your own happiness, then you become the ultimate and all others could be um, a hindrance to you if they don't fully agree with your own expression. And we see this all over society today. So there are so many other frameworks that are, whether they're explicit and they're separate religious frameworks that people are living out or they're just um, kind of cultural norms that that we're taking on many ways that we can let go of this understanding of um, people's dignity in their image bareness and take on these other forms of thinking about the value of people and what people's identity and purpose is hmm. Hmm. man those are excellent points excellent points and, and and it really brings us right back to the scriptures right uh, you know where you, know, you go outside of the of the framework you know that God has set us uh, has set for us in the scriptures, and and you know there's going to be a lot of confusion. There's going to be uh, a lot of a lot of mess. <laughs> uh, you know as we're trying to figure uh, figure out who we are and and so on. We're not going to be able to make sense of who we are outside of uh, outside of Him. And and so in some ways it's it's understandable. You know, for us as believers, when we look at at the culture and we just kind of see mess, you know, we just we just see a lot of a lot of uh, things gone wrong and and a lot of uh, twisting and and mangling of 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 God's good design and 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 purpose. And yet, the very scriptures we're speaking of tell us that there's hope for this mess. <laughs> uh, you know, there's hope for, for, uh, for understanding, you know, and, and, and even redeeming, uh, you know, the world that we live in and the lives that are, uh, that are, that are in this world. And so uh, won't, won't y'all talk about that a little bit? How does Christ, uh, as, as scriptures would say, Colossians would say, I think Dr. Dockery said that earlier, uh, Colossians 1, that Christ is the image of the invisible God. So how does Christ, as the image of God, uh, uh, play into how we understand humanity, uh, you know, and how we understand, you know, and maybe even how it, how it uh, gives further dimension to what Christ is actually at work doing uh, in the world in his redemption. Yeah, in, in this uh, marvelous redemptive plan of God, uh, in his magnificent and, you know, divine providence, he, he d designed for redemption to come uh, through his son, hmm. who stepped out of eternity into time and took on humanity uh, and became not just God in the flesh uh, as 
you know, that that concept takes us the rest of our lives to, to understand what it means that it's God in the flesh, but he is becomes the picture of perfect humanity, uh, you know, untainted by sin in any way and lives a life in total obedience to God and in perfect relationship with others in, in ways different than anyone else that has ever walked uh, on, on this earth. And, and so really to understand uh, what it means to be human, we have to understand it in light of Christ. We understand what it means to be a person in light of Jesus Christ as the divine human person. Hmm. Uh, and so personhood is best expressed and understood through the in incarnation. And, and it leads us away from the, you know, the, the recurring ideas around us today of, of forms of Gnosticism mm -hmm. that uh, separate mind and body and say that, uh, you know, it leads us toward uh, artificial intelligence and transhumanism understandings of, of humanity or uh, un understandings that the body really doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the uh, immaterial part or vice versa. People take a, a different slant on that. But in Christ, you see it all come together, perfect, uh, and, and for us on, on display as the perfect image of God. And here's the hopeful part. Uh, for us, in our fallenness and our struggles, uh, living, trying to navigate our way through this confused culture, is that Christ is redeeming us. And according to Romans chapter 8, verse 29, he is conforming us into that image again. And that is our hope for this life and for life to come. Hmm. Amen. And what hope we have then in the gospel, what hope we have in, in the person of our Lord and our Savior, that uh, there is no such thing as a lost cause. Um, you know, there's no one that's too far out. There's no one too far gone. There's no one that's made too big of a mess, you know, that our Lord can't, uh, can't redeem and, and, and clean and purify and, and sanctify, you know, for, uh, for himself. Uh, this is good news. And so uh, whereas we have, again, in our culture, this kind of compartmentalizing, you know, where these folks are the good guys, these folks over here are the bad guys, these folks here are worth, you know, working for, these folks aren't, aren't worth the time of day, you know, and so on. The gospel frees us then to love everybody. You know, and and to to serve everybody, and and to go and and uh, and uphold the value and the dignity of everyone. I mean, this is what 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 drove uh, not just the evangelistic, you know, and missionary efforts, you know, to the ends of the earth, but it's also what drove uh, the building of hospitals and the building of schools and prison ministries and, 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 and all of these different things that you, that you see the, obviously the abolitionist movement, the, uh, 1800s, and then, you know, followed up with the civil rights movement in the 1900s, you know, and so on, you know, they were driven by this sense that, 
that that God is God has made us in a certain way that should never be devalued. And then on top of that, Christ is doing something uh, to redeem and to restore and to glorify, uh, you know, uh, the the image that He had created us to bear. Um, and and yeah, and He is in him, in Himself the perfection of that <laughs> of that of that image. He is He is the embodiment, you know, of uh, of the Triune God, as as Colossians uh, would say, the fullness of deity dwells in Him bodily, and and so He shows us what true humanity actually is and actually looks like and this is what we long for uh you know this is this is what drives us i'm sure with your ministries i know that for a fact and uh this is what should drive us as pa- uh, as pastors as well uh just one more question um uh actually two more uh one is maybe a little bit more elaborate than the other one um how can we in our churches how can we uh develop a culture that upholds the image of God. Obviously, you have some that will have, a say, a Sanctity of Life Sunday, uh, you know, in January, and things like that, which is, which is great, but it can feel like a one-off, you know, like, like okay, we, we said what we needed to say, and now we go back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, how, how do we cultivate a culture that upholds the the image of God, maybe in our worship practices, uh, in our in our the way we have our worship services, you know, buildings, you know, uh, uh, our evangelistic and 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 service uh, efforts and things like that. How how do we cultivate a culture that says people matter, every person matters? Yeah, I think one of the ways that I would always encourage pastors um, it would be to preach the whole counsel of mm. the word of God and that in doing that, you will come up against these, these topics that relate to um, human dignity and the image barrenness. And so of course, if you're teaching through scripture, um, we don't shy away from anything that's hard, whether it um, relates to some of the manifestations of the challenges to the human dignity that we see in our culture, whether it's racial issues, um, the abortion issue, anything else. And so, you know, preach the word, don't shy away from that and, and take it in context. And that's, you know, that's what I'd say to any, any pastor that was teaching on anything. Uh, but I think that certainly there are ways that churches can live this out in a, in a really authentic way that becomes um, kind of an outpouring into the community that affects those that they're coming in contact with. And I've seen that happen in so many different ways, whether it's churches that um, get really engaged in the foster care and adoption space um, or are you know visiting the prison and doing prison ministry and doing doing these things to live out what they're doing on Sunday morning whenever they read the scripture whenever they worship um, and 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 being a church that is overflowing those things from Sunday into the community the rest of the week and caring for the vulnerable and seeing the value of all people and wanting to love them, not for the sake of just um, because of their value as a person, but for the sake of pointing them to their ultimate hope, which is in the gospel in Jesus Christ. And so we do care about um, others and their circumstances and their and their uh, life and, and, and their vulnerabilities, but we care too about pointing them to their eternal salvation, which is going to only come through Christ. And so we do both of those um, whenever we reach out and care for others. 
and and with that come with the gospel and share them share with them about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a wonderful word, Lauren, and mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. And we so we understand that, that God is not only saving individuals, but He's saving a people for Himself, and mm-hmm. so there is a sense in which uh, we are the expression, even now, that divine redemptive community that we see portrayed eschatologically in Revelation chapter 5 and Revelation chapter 7. So the, the yearning that we have for a sense of community, even now, we help people understand that yearning comes from the fact that we're created in the image of God mm-hmm. and that we're designed for a relationship. Uh, and, and I think that that's a way of inculcating that into something besides, a, a, you know, a one-off Sunday. That's something we do every Sunday when we're together and how we live out being the church Monday through Saturday as well. Hmm. That's a good word. That's a good word. Any final uh, encouragement uh, to give to uh, pastors and everyone else who's listening? I just encourage pastors, like I said, uh, to teach on this. Teach. I, I think your point earlier about uh, uh, Sanctity of Life Sunday and some of those days that we can highlight these, those are great moments to highlight some of the issues that are we're facing in culture and um, to just see the beauty in the gift that the image of God is and to share that with our congregations is a wonderful thing. Yeah, and we thank you for the privilege to be a part of this today, to talk about uh, this important subject uh, and to talk about the book. And we would you know, encourage churches to adopt it for their reading groups because it does address the important uh, topics and issues of today, the issues of, of life, human sexuality, you know, transhumanism, what does it mean to be human, artificial intelligence, why do we do evangelism, the place of apologetics, uh, and, and even thinking about you know, life together as uh, believers. I think all of those important themes are addressed uh, in, in, in the book, and it may be a way to, to create a, a vibrant conversation for the men and women in your congregation. So uh, we uh, commend the book to you and thank you for the privilege to talk about it just a bit today. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for the uh, for the conversation. This was such a great discussion. I wish we had more time and uh, to cover so many other things with this such a massive uh, subject, but thank you all so much for coming on. And I want to thank you, listener, for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. I think that you'll find this book to be a must-read to sharpen your thinking on the dignity of all humanity and even give some uh, some clarity and some direction as we think about some of, uh, again, as they, they call it, the, the confusion uh, that we have here in our culture. Again, the title is Created in the Image of God, Applications and Implications for Our Cultural Confusion. If you found this conversation helpful, won't you consider leaving us a five-star rating and review? Uh, We'd love to hear any feedback that you're uh, willing to give us. And as always, it's our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And I hope that we've done that with today's conversation. And as always, my brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.